everybody. Welcome back to Gone Outdoor Radio. You're listening to Kello News Talk or KWSN in the Sioux Falls area or the mighty 790 in Fargo-Moorhead. Scotty Brewer, Kyle Ager, Brewer Agri Outdoors. And uh, speaking of Brewer Agri Outdoors, Kyle, we're going to chat with one of our buddies, another Brewer Agri Outdoor, uh, very, very smart gentleman, Mr. Randon Olson, Lockjaw Guide Service. How you doing, Randon? I'm doing okay, guys. I'm happy to be on here, and uh, I'm actually fishing. So you know, we absolutely love every chance we have to talk with you. I personally prefer when we're talking face to face, when we have fishing rods in our hands, whether it's out on the ice or whether it's out in a boat, maybe sitting across from each other in a boat, uh, jigging for some walleyes, but. This will work. This will work. And this way we can share some of your knowledge with our listeners. So you guide in Ottertail County. You have been for a number of years. What's the ice looking like in Ottertail County right now? It is spotty. Um, I I will say we do have plenty of fishable ice. Um, There's plenty of ice in that five to eight range. You can walk out. You can side-by-side or a four-wheeler. Um, but you really need to be careful and watch. Um, good example is on the lake I'm on currently about a hundred yards away from me, there's a crack that's got an inch of ice in between it. Yep. Uh, it's about 10 yards wide. Uh, rest of the lake seems to have eight inches. So be very, very careful. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's going to be kind of the important thing for the next month or longer. Um, we all need to be, we've been talking about it. Everybody, every ice angler, even non-ice anglers, are hearing about what's going on on the lakes, and we just all need to make sure we've taken precautions. So, for Minnesota guys that are heading out, if if you are going to get out on some of that fishable ice, and you haven't been out yet, what's it like out there? I mean, it's such a weird year. We, we don't have a lot of snow cover. Uh, we should still have plenty of green weeds. It's not like... St- January fishing normally is for most places in Minnesota. If you're, if we're going out looking for walleyes this weekend, what should we be doing? You know, uh, I was having a conversation about this earlier today. And normally when we talk about early ice, which thickness wise, I would say we're still at early ice. We're in that five to eight range. But normally when we talk early ice, we're kind of talking, you know, early, mid-December. Um, guys are piling up on those first break lines and those weed beds and they're just kind of beating on the fish, and that kind of signals that seasonal progression where those fish start to slide out from pressure mainly. Um, But we haven't seen that this year. So even though by the calendar we're closer to midwinter than early ice, we're still seeing a lot of fish stuck on weed lines, um, up in those shallow stuff, easy accessible places. So you don't have to go out to the middle of the lake, even though your waypoints might tell you different. So just based on the fact that we've gotten very little snow this winter, Randon, and a lot of the lakes have ice that's real clear, real solid, clear ice. Not a lot of it, but they have good, solid, clear ice. Do you expect that weed growth and those those weed beds to continue to be an area that hold fish further on into the winter as we go? I think so. Um, You know, fishing is is all bait-related. It's all focused around bait. And as long as those weeds are green and they're still pumping a little bit of oxygen and still holding life of all the microorganisms, those those perch and bluegills and, and small minnows are going to stay in those weeds. And as long as they stay in there, those those big predator fish aren't going to be too far behind. So, um, so you know, it, 
as far as the structure you're talking about, you're talking at first break line. To me, that's onshore structure. If we look at onshore versus offshore structure, and honestly, a lot of guys probably don't want to try and get out to the offshore structure yet uh, because the ice can get a little bit more sketchier out there. Um, so currently, if someone's going out this weekend or next weekend, they should really concentrate on that onshore structure. Yes, um, and, and one thing to note on that onshore structure is there's a lot of stuff that'll stick out like a sore thumb. You'll see a big point or an inside corner. Um, those are going to be the normal spots that people are going to hit. So a lot of times what I like to do is find a longer, somewhat featureless chunk of shoreline uh, break line, um, and then I'm just looking for something different in it. Maybe it's a tiny little bump out or a little corner or a little spot where it's a little steeper. Um, it's a less obvious spot, but it's a spot that fish are going to still use and still funnel through. Um, and you're not going to have the pressure from other guys. It's not going to be an obvious you need to go here spot. So what kind of depth ranges are we looking at? And I know that's very subjective based on the lake that you're on, water clarity and all that kind of stuff. Are we looking for a deep weed line fish or inside of that even? Yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to fish some inside weed line stuff. Uh, the problem with that is you're going to have to be very, very, very quiet. Um, no spikes on your boots. Um, have your holes drilled an hour or two before prime time. You know, if you're going to be in that five, six, seven, eight foot of water, be ready, be set up, and wait them out. Um, but majority of people, I think you're going to do just as fine, if not better, running that outside weed line. So, And that can vary, like you said, lake to lake. It might be eight foot on one lake. It might be 15 or 16 on another. But, but finding that deep weed line is going to be a big factor early on here and i think with that shallow shallow water bite i think tip-ups can really be your best friend because you can throw a tip-up out there and you can get out of that area and just let it settle down for a little bit and relax somewhere else um, and that way you're not spooking any of those fish give it a half hour 45 minutes and see if they come back yeah and tip-ups are, are not widely used in minnesota compared to north dakota or wisconsin for whatever reason but it's probably the most effective way to ice fish. I mean, it's, it's a unadulterated line all by itself. There's no shadows over it. There's no noise. There's no nothing. It's just a bait in the water. So that's something a lot of people should really use a lot more of. So generally right now, you know, it, which is pretty typical in most, most winter situations that sunrise and sunset are kind of the peak times, you know, when you have that, that light, low light times that really tends to get walleyes to feed, possibly more, you know, if you get good cloud cover during the day and that kind of stuff. Where do those fish go when it, when the sun comes out? Or where are they coming from? Um, and the reason I ask this, because there's so many times that I've got on a couple fish early in the morning and then they just disappear. And I don't know, should I move? Should I move deeper? Should I just sit there and really downsize my bait are those fish moving a long ways you know what i've kind of started to notice over the last couple of years more than anything is these fish are, are seem to be doing one of two things they're they're staying at the depth that they're feeding at but they might be either pulling into the weeds or they're sliding off and suspending actually over the steep stuff um you know all the history books and all that stuff will kind of tell you they just slide deeper through the day and come back up at night but um, from what my electronics are telling me and what I've been seeing, these fish aren't, aren't doing that. They're, they're staying the same depth and they're just moving horizontally one way or the other. All right, Randy, um, we only got about a minute left here. 
Um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but, you know, if you go through your tackle box, anybody goes through your tackle box, they have active lure choices and inactive lure choices, you know, more aggressive, less aggressive, however way you want to call it. Um, I'm assuming that you are going to start out with something more active almost every time you're out. Yep. Um, you know, that's where the tip-ups come into play. That's kind of my my version of a dead stick that just it, it sets and it stays where it is. But I'm a running gunner. Um, I really like spoons. Spoons are just a good all-around bait. Um, door lipless crankbaits, that's another great option. Um, and just because it's a fast bait doesn't mean you always have to fish it fast. So it's a very versatile lure, too. So those are kind of the two things that I always have tied up when I'm running around and looking for fish. All right, Randon, if people want to get a hold of you this winter, I know you do day trips. you got ice castles that you rent. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you? Absolute best way is just give me a call at 218-640-0158. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook or LockjawGuideService.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, sir, and stay safe when you're out on the ice. Thank you, guys. Stick around. We'll be back with more Gun Outdoors after a short break. 